0: Welcome to the Golden Hills Podcast Daily, where you can spend a few minutes each day with us to meditate on God's Word. Now, here's today's encouraging message. Hello, Church. Today we will be in Acts 17, verses 22 through 34, reading about the Apostle Paul's proclamation of the Gospel at the Areopagus in Athens, Greece. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for you to reveal your truth as we study this encounter that you arranged between the Apostle Paul and pagans living in Athens, Greece. May you show us how you are involved in the lives of people no matter where they are in the world in sharing the good news of Jesus, paying the death penalty for our sins. And we pray this in his holy name, Amen. While walking around Athens, Greece, the Apostle Paul became distressed because the city was full of idols. He had been spending time in synagogues reasoning with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks about the gospel and Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection to atone for our sins. And he also carried this message to and piqued the interest of two notable groups of Greek philosophers, the Epicureans and the Stoics. Now God sent Paul to the premier forum in Greece to engage the Epicureans and Stoics in their favorite hobby, philosophical debate. And in the process, Paul revealed to them the identity of this unknown God to whom they had an altar, and to call from darkness to light a small group of people in the audience that day. So let's hear the message that Paul used as an ambassador of Christ to introduce his hearers to the God they refer to as the unknown God. Paul would tell them that this unknown God is Lord of all, creator of all, and judge of all. I'm going to proceed through Acts 17, 22-34 by reading a few verses at a time, and then take a moment to explain what's going on. First Paul explained that the unknown God is Lord of all. Paul was a consummate diplomat as Christ's ambassador. Now, Did he condemn the Epicureans and Stoics by standing on a corner with a sign saying, You're all going to hell for your idolatry? No he complimented them for all the idols they had on display by saying, I see that in every way you are very religious. Now as you can read, Dale Carnegie had nothing on the Apostle Paul in terms of how to win friends and influence people. Paul continues, For as I walked around and examined your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Therefore what you worship as something unknown, I now proclaim to you. Now think about this, how many times do you think the Epicureans or Stoics must have debated the identity of that unknown God? But how intrigued they must have been to finally have someone there to talk about him! So Paul continues, The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. Now whereas the Greeks had obviously made a God for just about every kind of situation, Paul revealed in that one paragraph that the unknown God was the only God they needed to know because he was the God who made everything in the heaven and in earth, didn't live in the temple built by man, and even made the people, plants, animals, and nature of the earth. In other words, he let them know that this unknown God was in reality Lord of all. Now, not only was the Lord of all the unknown god but he was also creator of all starting in verse 26 paul says he again the unknown god made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth that one man was adam whom with eve were the original people from whom all people on earth descended that was a very different story of origins than what the uh, the Greeks had in their mythology, but I'll leave it to you to read those on your own. As for the unknown God, there was more, Paul continued, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him. Now we know from the Tower of Babel, God divided up people into every tongue, tribe, nation, and people group. But before Jesus ascended to heaven, He commanded the disciples to do something else. He said, go and make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And there was Paul in the midst of people, groping to find, they were groping so much to find God that not only did they create God to explain everything, but they were honest enough to admit that there was a God out there whose name they did not even know. So Paul continues. He, again the unknown God, is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, We are also we also are his children. Now the first part of verse twenty eight, for in him we live and move and exist. That comes from a Greek poem called Kretica by Epimenides. The second part of the verse, for we also are his children, is from Him to Zeus, written by a Cilician poet called Aratus. Now, though Epimenides and Aratus were referring to Zeus, who didn't exist, Paul was referring to the unknown God, who did indeed exist. Paul continues, Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. Now, Paul is telling them that the gold, silver, and stone that they obviously used to build the altars and idols that he was distressed by were of their imagination, and they were no match for the real thing. Again, God's divine nature, as we know, is actually spirit. For we know that the Gospel of John 1, verse 12 says that, But to all who did receive him, meaning Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now as for Paul's referring to unbelievers in his hearing as children of God, again being diplomatic, Paul is likely referring to them more as being image bearers of God, or the unknown God to them, who was creator of all. Finally Paul revealed that the unknown God was judge of all. Now Paul continues, therefore having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Here Paul reveals that this unknown God, of whom they were ignorant all these years, was in essence willing to let bygones be bygones, but they would have to repent of the sin that separated them from this God, because a day would eventually come in which the unknown God would render judgment. Because He, again the unknown God, has fixed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead." The good news was that God sent Jesus to be the judgment-bearer for his sinful image-bearers if they repent of their sin, and believe that God fixed their sin problem through Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. The reality about sin is that we were at enmity with God until we were saved. And how symbolic it was for Paul to give this speech on the hill of the Greek god of war, Ares. As Paul wrote, or as he would write in 2 Corinthians five twenty 20-21, Therefore we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. But when Paul mentioned that God furnished proof that Jesus was the man appointed to fulfill that role by raising him from the dead, for some, Jesus was, for the church that he was building, the cornerstone. But for others, he was a stumbling block to judgment, as we will see in the final two verses. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some began to mock him, but others said, We want to hear you again on this topic. At that, Paul left the Areopagus. But for all that Paul had said, we learn who were the beneficiaries of his message. We read in verse 34, But some join him and believe, including Dionysius the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris, and others who were with them." This small group of people were adopted into God's family that day. They were appointed to eternal life, not to judgment, as Jesus put it to Nicodemus, whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God." So Paul explained that this unknown God who is Lord of all and creator of all will be the judge of all for those who don't respond like this small group of people did that day to Paul's gospel message. Heavenly Father Thank you for making yourself known to us when we were lost and in darkness. Thank you for those of us whom you call out to eternal life by, becoming, by coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior so that we might have eternal life. For the praise of glory and our joy. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. We hope today's episode was a blessing to you. Please make sure to subscribe to the Golden Hills podcast in your favorite podcast app, like Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can always find us on the web at www.goldenhills.org. We hope you'll visit with us again tomorrow.